Hi, everyone. This is Don Davis, one of your hosts of Supply Chain Secrets. Uh, in this episode, I'm on again with Caroline Weaver, and uh, it's our first Snack Size episode, and we're talking about one of our favorite topics, surcharges. And in this episode, Caroline and I talk a little bit about just our experience with surcharges, surcharges we've seen in different industries, some of the background of surcharges, maybe some of the rationale of like why carriers want surcharges and maybe why shippers don't want surcharges. Um, and then we talk a little bit about the different kinds of surcharges that you see. So it's a pretty quick episode. It's 20 minutes. So I, I think you'll like it. Uh, give us some feedback and tell us what you think. Uh, we're, we're thinking about having more episodes like this where we just focus on a specific topic and just dive right in. So uh, give us some give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, give it a listen. I think you'll like the show. We had a lot of fun doing it. So enjoy the show, everybody. The Supply Chain Secrets Podcast is brought to you by NYSHEX. NYSHEX is the digital infrastructure for global shipping. They're uniting shippers, carriers, MBOs through a digital platform that improves contract performance, strengthens relationships, and reduces manual workload. You want to learn more? Go to www.nyshex.com to find out. You are now listening to the Supply Chain Secrets Podcast with Don Davis. Hi, everyone. My name is Don Davis. I'm the Senior Vice President of NBO Experience here at NYSHEX. I'm former executive of Hapag Lloyd and CMA CGM. And I am back here again with my co-host, Caroline Weaver. Caroline Weaver, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. Glad to be back on the show. Uh, my name is Caroline Weaver. I'm an NVOCC account manager here at NYSHEX, and I'm looking forward to today's episode. Yeah, so today's episode. So this is our first snack-sized episode, so we'd like some feedback on that to get what people think about it. And today's topic is something I know everybody in the shipping industry loves. Um, they love to talk about surcharges. And um, so we thought we'd provide some perspective on surcharges, talk a little bit about the history of surcharges, and maybe some thoughts around what we can do, and we'll share some insights and perspectives. But Caroline, you're on the NBO side, you manage contracts. I mean, what's your perspective when you think about the word surcharges? Does it just bring a smile to your face? I mean, what's your reaction when you start to think about surcharges? Uh, definitely would not bring a smile to my face. I would say it's a, a bit painful. I think that would be the word uh, that I associate with it. But surcharges, I guess, just to set the stage for everyone, um, when we talk about surcharges, it is the additional line items that you might receive on an invoice or even a secondary invoice um, with particular names to fees. And oftentimes they aren't bundled with the original price that you're quoted out. They're on top of that. Um, but surcharges are a familiar pest to procurement teams in the supply chain industry. Um, it, they're difficult to understand. There's a ton of acronyms, as is everything, it seems, in this industry. But really, it's just hard to find the rates to these things. Um, in order to find the public tariffs, um, that would be what they're saved under on the carrier websites, they're really tricky to navigate. Um, part of my old job at Flexport was to take the surcharge rates and get those digitized into a database so we could effectively cost shipments and be able to predict those costs. Um, and that was part of my full-time job. And I had a team of um, maybe five or six other people doing that with me. So it's a lot of effort in order to try to track them. Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, when I think about this topic, you know, I'm, I'm a carrier guy, I spend a lot of time on the carrier side. So I like to start to think like outside the industry, are there other examples of surcharges? And 
I think when you, let's say, go to the gas station, it's pretty straightforward. It says, you know, $3 a gallon. I pump my gas. I get 10 gallons. I know it's $30. Off you go. And I know there's other fees and taxes behind there. And that's pretty straightforward. And then you take other examples. And I'm going to use a real life example because I was just visiting my mom in Phoenix and I rented a car and I prepaid for that car. And it was like $200 out the door. I'm like, oh, this is terrific. And then when I get my invoice, it's actually $310 because there's all these surcharges added on top because, you know, the $200 $200 is only like the base fee. And then there's like return fee, destination fee and all this other stuff that I had no idea about. And I felt like prepayment meant that, you know, it was an all-inclusive rate and it really wasn't. So I don't think it's so alien um, to any industry or, or to procurement people that there could be surcharges. It's just a question of, Like, is this necessary and what's the rationale behind it? Yeah. And I think it's a frustrating experience as a consumer because you have this idea of what it's going to cost in your head and you're budgeting for it appropriately. But then later on, you get this um, not so pleasant surprise and you have to deal with it, make sure it's correct. Um, And it's hard to check because you don't know what these surcharges really even are. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to check. I mean, I think um, carriers' websites and tariffs are very different. Um, so you might find it very easily on one carrier's website and you look for the exact same thing on another carrier's website. It's hard to find. Um, I think there's this 30 day notice period, um, that you're required due to the FMC rules to talk about changes in those rates, but they're buried in, um, other messages about, uh, new surcharges, congestion imports, blank sailings, port omits. So it's very hard for the individual person to keep track of this onslaught of emails where somewhere buried in there is that my fuel price went from, you know, 400 to $500 a TEU, let's say. Um, so I, I can understand it's very difficult to do because one, how it's communicated is buried within emails. And two, if you try and look on a website, it may not be that, that simple to find. Well, and typically you have more than just the procurement team looking at these invoices. It affects more than just procurement. You know, it, it affects the, the client facing parts of the companies as well. And they're having to account for these bills. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, let's talk a little bit about like the rationale for surcharges, because me as a carrier person, um, I tend to, to defer to the carrier side and talk about some of the reasons there. And I think just for in large part is that carriers have had very hard times trying to increase revenue. Historically, I'm not talking about a COVID period because that was probably an, an anomaly by most people's standard. So Let's just accept that it's been very difficult to increase rates. And if you announce a GRI, most customers say, no, I'm not paying a GRI. But if you say like, well, hey, my fuel costs went up 50 bucks, then they were like, well, you know, I can see fuel costs are rising. So there's this perspective that for carriers, it's been much easier to get increases when you attach it to a surcharge than if you just say, I need to increase this rate for some sort of inflationary reasons, whether it's terminal costs whether it's, um, you know, bunker costs, whether it's, you know, my container supply costs have gone up for some reason, but there's some impact on costs and it is a real cost factor. And um, it just seems to be that the industry accepts these things better when it's labeled as a surcharge. So if I call it a security fee, they'll pay it. But if I call it like I need to increase my rate 10 bucks, they're like, no way, I'm not going to pay it. Well, I think psychologically it does something for the consumer if they can pinpoint this is exactly what this charge is going to versus here's our GRI, a general rate increase. You know, there's no reason behind it necessarily. 
um, at least from the customer's perspective. But I assure you, there is a reason behind it because carriers aren't just like, you know, sitting around a table and just like, well, what do you think we should do this week? How about a, a rate increase? Yeah, that's 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 the stuff. And then uh, they just put it out there and then they get hammered by the, the consumers. But But let's talk a little bit about like, make the case for like, why, why should you include these surcharges? Like, let's just say we're sitting here, me and you, we're running an ocean carrier. We're like, what should we do, Caroline? Uh, should we keep these surcharges or get rid of these surcharges? I mean, what would be your perspective and, and what direction would you go? Well, I would definitely opt to have just one all-in, all-inclusive rate. You don't have line items broken out for surcharges. And I think there's a lot of benefits to doing that. Um, first, it would be time efficiency. So you don't need to have teams of people looking at invoices, checking their accuracies, or at least it wouldn't take as long because you're not having to check into so many different line items. In theory, your one rate on the bill would match the one rate that you were quoted originally. Um, you would also have less time where you're disputing and having a, that has a very tangible impact on your relationship with your partners. Um, so I think decreasing all of the the downsides of doing business that's a that's an advantage um, the predictability as well I think is another big factor people like to know what they're paying for ahead of time so they can budget accordingly yeah I mean it's kind of like that paying at the pump I mean imagine that you go to a gas station and you fill up your tank and you're like wait a minute I thought it was three dollars a gallon and then you're paying fifty dollars when you have 10 gallons it's like what's that all about but I mm-hmm. I mean I see the point I mean I think there is probably an easier world where um, I know from my time at a carrier that every single charge somebody had to touch when they're manifesting documents. So it was um, a workload component, but someone else would argue, well, that's the cost of doing business because by me having the surcharge, if I didn't have it there, it would probably be just forgotten and lumped into this rate, which there's downward pressure on. So, I mean, I think there's that point there, but are there any other thoughts around like as far as like you know transparency or as far as like um comparing one carrier to another i mean in your experience do you think that's a big driver of saying like this is a great reason why it would make more sense to do it as an all-inclusive number potentially i mean it does make something like that easier but i i would assume that when you're price comparing like that you're also taking into account well what's the level of service that i'm actually getting from this carrier um you know, just having the one factor to look at to compare between carriers is not really a great way of, of uh, making your choices. But I think also another reason for, um, I think another reason why we would want to um, have an all-in rate would be because the tariffs are, are really challenging. I think at, at best, they're really difficult to navigate. At worst, it's impossible to find the exact surcharge and the exact rate that you're looking for. Yeah, as preparation for the show, I talked to an MBO about surcharges to get uh, their thoughts on it. And I think they used words like wild west uh, of, you know, surcharges, just they don't know what they are. And that, uh, you know, their experience with surcharges is that they're full of surprises um, because they're never really quite sure if they're there, what the amounts are going to be. Now, if if I can provide the carrier perspective just for a minute here, I, I think. I think all that's true. And I would say I would start to argue that maybe we just need a better way to communicate this. Maybe email isn't the best way. Maybe there's an easier way to provide visibility, whether it's on a website, whether it's in a a sheet or something. 
But um, I mean, even though it's it's difficult and I would buy your argument to say like there's an efficiency gain, there's a transparency component. But I would also say that if I'm, you know, you and I are running um, Don and Caroline's uh, ocean liner, um, I would argue for the surcharges simply from the perspective of the fact that we have a harder time increasing our revenue when those things aren't there. And if I can provide some perspective, um, you know, after the Ocean Shipping Reform Act, there was this, you know, bunker fuel and it got included in a lot of uh, rates and bunker was fairly stable at the time. And then in the 2000s, there was quite a bit of bunker volatility and it was a ton of work for the carriers to break out the bunker and get customers to accept that they had to pay a floating bunker. Like we're going to include everything else, but you got to pay a floating bunker. And it was a ton of work. And, you know, carriers get scarred from that. And they say, well, hold on a second. If they're already paying this fee, if I'm going to include it in the rate, there's going to still be downward pressure. Then these other costs, which are real things for the carrier, are still there. And, you know, it's not easy being an ocean carrier. They're very asset heavy. They have a ton of costs, whether it's just the asset in and of itself, whether that's bunker costs, terminal costs, you name it. So there's a lot of exposure. So there's a feeling that, if I don't itemize these things, then if there's an all-inclusive number, they're going to say, like, I don't even know what's in that number. And But they can probably reduce the rate. And and it's an unfortunate thing for, for carriers. But what's your reaction to that? Well, I think having all of the rates in one centralized website, if you're talking between carriers, maybe that is a happy medium. Um, I, part of the difficulty is that you need to know how to actually navigate into every single one of the websites. You need logins sometimes. Um, it's not as like as fast as a quick Google, you know? Um, so I, that might be a way where there's transparency, but you can still keep the surcharges because obviously you do have to, everyone's in business to make money. You need to make sure that you're, um, able to meet your costs and, and make profit off of it. So, um, I don't know, maybe that's, that's a middle ground solution. I, I mean, and to your point, you know, if, if, there was some sort of agreement saying like, listen, there's a value created from me being a shipper, me having a one lump sum rate. This means that, you know, maybe my rate would be 1750, but I'm going to pay 1800 because I believe it creates that much value for me. And we're just going to say 1800, no matter what happens, is going to be fixed for, for this duration. You know, I, I might buy that as a carrier and say like, well, hey, I understand there's a value there. We're agreeing to this number. It's not going to change. Um, you know, it makes me a little scared because if I look at the fuel horizon, maybe I'm a little nervous about that. But the point being is that if there was some like two way street component of it to say, like, I'm going to pay a little bit more. I'm not going to say like rock bottom, just add up the numbers and give me that number. And, you know, you're going to say like, OK, I'm going to really accept that. And if things change, I'm going to say you're paying above market rates so I can live with that. I mean, that could be like a middle ground, but. I think this would be a great chance for some listeners to, to weigh in and give us some feedback to say, this is what I think about surcharges, or this is something I thought that has worked because I think it is to your point. Like I thought it was funny when you said the word pest, you know, initially I was a little offended, but I could, I could understand that, you know, it is, it is pesky. Right. And it feels like, you know, death by a thousand needles, you're nickel and diming me to death. And, but at the same time, it's like, well, look, if that's not there and I just include it, if it's $800 plus all these security fees, or it's $800 all inclusive, it's still the same number. I just lost on, the, on those security fees. 
So there's no ability for me to pass that through. And, and as a carrier, I'm just exposed to all these things, which sometimes I don't even create these surcharges. Maybe it's a government that says I have to pay the surcharge. So I think for them, it's, it's been difficult. Yeah. Um, I'm very curious to hear what our listeners think. I would imagine that people coming from the carrier side are going to tend to agree more with you and shippers and NBOs might agree more with me, but I'll be especially curious if there are some that cross that boundary and, you know, think oppositely. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, I think it's like any sort of like opposite side, uh, two different perspectives. Like, how do you bring it together and say, like, what can we do together to get past this point? Because otherwise there's just this gap and then we both walk away unsatisfied. So I think there's a way to to try and come up with a new idea um, just offhand. I don't know what that new idea is. And maybe I'm too like brainwashed from my carrier days. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a good comment about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, maybe we should talk a little bit at this point about just the different types of surcharges. I mean, I think we have some perspective. I think over time, you've seen different types of surcharges. I know one of the ones I like to talk about that's a little bit of an artifact is a CAF. You know, there used to be this currency adjustment factor. I think that made a lot more sense um, back in the days where you had like one base ocean rate and you you basically put a percentage on that. So you'd say, okay, rates $800, your CAF is 10%. Okay, it's pretty easy to calculate. But what happened is with the Ocean Shipping Reform Act, a lot of sea freights became negative. So if you have a negative sea freight of $100 because you're allocating all this revenue to these uh, surcharges, well, then if you have a CAF, I guess I'm giving money back. Like, how does that work? It's very complicated. So that just went away. But from your perspective, what what's top of mind in terms of like the types of uh, surcharges when you think of them? It's funny, in preparing for this episode, I was doing some research and kind of jogging my memory on these. Um, I really wanted to categorize them and come up with sort of themes of, about how how you get them, why you get them. Um, had some trouble with it, but here's what I landed on. I think a lot of the surcharges depend on the routing and the locations. So if you're going from a particular country or port to a particular country or port, you're going to have certain surcharges purely just because of the location. Other times you'll have it for the routing. So if you're going through the Panama Canal or the Suez Canal, you can expect to have a surcharge for that. Um, origin handling charges, destination handling charges. Um, then you also have security charges, which um, are pretty common in the US and I'm sure in, in Europe and Asia as well. But um, you would have things like ISPS or carrier security fee. Um, a lot of those charges are to help cover the infrastructure and personnel and equipment to help make sure that our ports are secure. But there's a lot of different types. I mean, there's also ones around the type of cargo that you're moving or the size of the container, the weight of it. It goes on and on, really. Yeah. And I think one of my favorites is uh, like the peak season surcharge, which is just like, you know, this ambiguous time period when ships are full and it's just a way to collect more revenue. But to that point of saying, like, I need to collect revenue through a surcharge versus increasing my rate. I mean, PSS is something that has worked. And as somebody who's had to correct a lot of invoices because the PSS was wrong or incorrectly applied, you know, it added a lot of misery. To So to your point, if you just include it. But I think it goes back to that whole idea around, can you make an agreement? Can you really say something that's fair? Or are these surcharges really a good way to increase revenue? And it's just something that's accepted. But and if you try and include it, then you're just giving up revenue as a carrier, which is, again, hazardous to the carriers. And, and why would they do that? So I think one of our uh, listeners might end up commenting something around, why don't we just have the all in rate included in the contracts and the amendments? 
I think the idea of having to update these even more frequently than we already, than amendments already are updated is unappealing. Um, it's really challenging to do that because of the cadence for how surcharges change. Some of them are quarterly, others are on not even any sort of pattern. Um, but I think that would be not a great solution just because of how difficult it would be to issue even more amendments and keep track of them. Yeah. And I know uh, we're almost at time here because we want to keep the snack size so we could, I mean, I could probably talk for like days, weeks, months, and put a lot of people to sleep talking about surcharges. But I think as I think about this topic, one thing I would suggest is that if there is a shipper out there who's listening to this and this really resonates with them and they're like, oh yeah, what they're saying, you know, we got to get rid of these surcharges. I would challenge that organization to say, can you calculate the value of an included rate? Like, what does that mean to you? And can you bring that to the table? And can you say, hey, if you do this as a carrier, I'm going to share the savings with with you and pass it along for, to you in revenue. I think that's a powerful story. I would just say in my life, it's very difficult to calculate these things that create efficiency because it's not always 100% clear. You're sort of guesstimating time and invoices and et cetera, you know, what's the opportunity cost of working on this versus something else. So it's challenging, but if somebody could bring that to the table and say like, I calculate it like this, I then am gonna see this kind of efficiency. It would be really super interesting to hear what that looks like and to see see how that worked. Yeah, hopefully they can share the full report with us. <laughs> we'll invite them on as a guest. So feel free to reach out to us on, on DM here. So um, I think that uh, brings us to the end. Um, Caroline, is there anything you want to add as a, as a closing point on surcharges? You know, they're, they're a complex uh, part of the industry, I would say. I think it's, it's challenging to deal with. I understand why they exist. But, um, you know, I'd like to imagine a world where we can have just one all-in rate. You're not having to worry about it as much. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And I think from my perspective, I just would encourage people to come up with ideas here because I think this is a, a space where I think the status quo is probably not good enough. I think the way we communicate surcharges and, you know, the fact that you get it as an email littered with all these other things, it just really doesn't feel right to a lot of people. And just how can you make it more transparent? How can you make it easier for people to consume? Because at the end of the day, they just want to know what the rates are and comparing things. And to find out after you get an invoice, just like me at the uh, rental car company, doesn't feel great and you feel a little bit stuck, but then you move on and you're just like, I don't know if I'm going to use them next time. I think there may be uh, an opportunity there to start thinking through some of those things and, and come up with some ideas because I think it's sorely needed. Yeah, totally agree. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Our first Snack Size episode, so hope you liked it. Uh, don't forget, rate us, review us, give us the feedback wherever you find our podcast, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you download our show. So thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Supply Chain Secrets Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast network. 